Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Basketball is back, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all your sports wagering information, BetOnline features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all of your favorite sports and events. Whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. Just head to BetOnline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure you use the promo code BLEAV, that is BLEAV, capital letters BLEAV, to receive your rewards, bet online where the game starts. That's how we start a podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Top of Thunder podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Hunsinger, at Thunder Chats. We are part of the Believe Network. This podcast is presented to you by betonline.ag. And I am joined by my brother-in-arms, my ride-or-die, my compadre, Alex Roy. Alex, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing well, man. I feel like I... I haven't done one of these in a while, one of these, you know, topic thunder things in a while. So I'm glad to be on again. And, and you know, let's let's go ahead and riff riff poetic about about the thunder, even though there's not there has not been a lot poetic about them in, in the last couple of games. Yeah, it's uh, it, you know, it's some moments are rougher than others, obviously. But, um, you know, we have had three games since our last podcast. Um, me and Jerry talked uh, right before Thanksgiving. And we get kind of gave our predictions for the next five games before we go on a five-game road trip, before we have a seven-game homestand. Okay. Yeah. So that's going to be just a wild time. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, just kind of before we dive into the games, uh, Jerry gave the prediction of two and three. I gave the prediction of three and two. Uh, granted, I thought the Rockets was going to be a win. It was not. Uh, there's still hope that the, the Spurs could be a win. Um, but you know, right now we're one and two. So, you know, both of our predictions are very much alive, but mine's in a little bit more jeopardy because of that Rockets game. But we'll definitely talk about that in the segment that we call single large item. So Alex, first game uh, in this, uh, this kind of recap, the Bulls game on Friday, Black Friday, you know, the Thunder go uh, back home. On full bellies, they welcome back in uh, Billy Donovan and the Chicago Bulls, and they walk out victorious in overtime, one twenty-three to one nineteen. Alex, I will let you get us started, man. What was your single large item for this game? Uh, I mean, so so my single large item was just the, you know, what we saw in overtime was it, it was kind of what we want to see when you're talking about this Shea Giddy pair. You know, they had different, they took different turns, um, kind of handling the ball, kind of handling, you know, basically scoring. Uh, so Shea did the scoring from the free throw line, but Giddy had a couple drives there. 
um, where they overplayed him. And so, you know, he, he went ahead and, you know, and, and scored layups pretty much, I think it was like two or three of them in overtime. Um, so, yes, yeah, so, I mean, just basically what, you know, what we're clamoring to see as far as the progression in that, in that relationship between Shea and Giddy and how they look on the court. Again, it's never going to be, it's not going to be linear. You know, you're going to take your bumps. You're going to take your, you know, your, your peaks and valleys. Um, but this one, especially in overtime, felt like a peak. You know, it felt like something that you have two guys out there that can handle the ball. You had two guys out there that can put pressure on the defense. And for that overtime period, they did. And, you know, they came out with the W in the end. So, you know, bravo to them. Bravo to, you know, to that, to that um, duo kind of, you know, getting stronger as, as the years go on, hopefully. Yeah, absolutely. We we want to see more reps of that. We want to see them trying and failing things so they can learn and grow from it, at, you know, as a duo. Because, you know, as of right now, like, that's our future. Like, you know, obviously we have Chet coming down the pike. We have whatever pick we have in this year's draft. But, like, other than that, like, that is our future. Like, our future is directly tied to their success. So, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> We'll do a couple each game, you know, just because it's me and you. Um, So, one of mine for this game, one of my single large items is if this kind of builds on a trend for these next couple games was the fact that Shea can have an inefficient scoring night, 8 of 21 in this case, over three from deep, and still have 30 points, eight rebounds, seven assists, and a block. Still have like just completely yeah. dominate the game. Even on an off night, like when your off night is thirty points, in you know in this uh, iteration of the NBA, like that's that's impressive. Uh, you know, we was talking before the podcast. Luca dropped a forty-one point triple double tonight. Uh, I think that I mean Shea's had thirty points in all three 15, of these games. Yeah, so 15, 15 games this season. I, I I think it's more. Hang on, let me let me look because shout out to all things Shay on Instagram. Uh, they call me MJ on Twitter. Um, they put out this graphic that had like you know the total point scored and then the most thirty plus point games, and it was fourteen. I believe that was before the Rockets game, so I think it's sixteen now. Sixteen. Okay. And so Luca was right below him at that point, 13. I don't know how many other games he's played since then. So for for sake of argument, Luca has as many or one less than Shea in 30-point games. And, you know, like I said, in these past three games, Shea has not done so super efficiently. His mid-range hasn't really been falling. They've kind of been walling him up at the rim. He hasn't been taking as many threes, and the ones that he's taken, he's not making a lot of. Just not a lot is going for him, but his ability to get to the line is starting to really blossom and just absolutely flourish. He had 15 free throw attempts in this game, uh, hit 14 of them, um, and then you know it, it becomes a trend. Uh, not so much in the Rockets game because he only played in three quarters, but in the Pelicans game last night, I think he had another 15 free throws, 16 maybe even. So. Oh, he had 18. It was it 18? Okay. Did he a career high for him. Yeah, he didn't hit all of them, right? He was like, what, 16 no, of 18? No, it was 15 or 16 of 18, yeah. Yeah, so, pff, bum. No. He should he should have had 20. Yeah. We'll get into that when we get to the game, but he should have had 20 free throws. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I just think that, you know, we talk about the lead that Shea's made. You know, he, he's been in the lab. He's manifesting, you know, the work that he's putting into the lab right now. And, um, 
you know, the fact that he can have a bad game and not only, you know, his bad game is great league wide, but to keep us in these games, um, despite him having a bad game is, uh, you know, it's just another, another step to superstardom. So that, that's one of my other single word items. No, most definitely. Like, you know, I, I, like last night, I had a thought watching last night's game when I saw that he was shooting so many free throws and I was like, you know, when Harden was doing that with Houston, it, it sucked. Mm-hmm. But whenever, whenever our guy is doing it, in, you know, in Oklahoma City, it's, it's great. Like, you know, like, you know, you're starting to see kind of the, you know, we've always, since we've seen Shea play in Oklahoma City, we've kind of always kind of compared him to Harden as far as his offensive game, how he plays. And I, I think we're starting to almost see the manifestation of parts of Harden's game uh, come out you know, come out this season with Shea, especially from the free throw line and the free throw attempts. Um, so, yeah, so I just thought it was funny that, you know, last night I was like, man, when Harden used to do this with Houston, it sucked. But whenever our guard's doing it and keeping us in games, it's great. Yeah, and, you know, it, it is important to note that, um, you know, part of why it sucks so bad with Harden is because of just his demeanor and his style of play. Because, yes, Harden does get fouled and he earns some trips to the line, but he does a lot of flopping, a lot of exaggerating, and a lot of complaining. Uh, much like, you know, Luka Doncic and other stars in the league, Shea is not much of a complainer. Like, you know, he, he'll he let you know there's contact. Like, mm-hmm. as he's driving into rim, like, you might see a head fly back, you know, exaggerate contact just a little bit. But, like, in terms of like getting in ref's face, like, you know, arguing his case to a ref, like you don't see that happening. And, you know, honestly, Shea is probably getting more fouls than Harden did in those years because Shea lives in the lane. And like, that's where the contact happens. That's what Mark Dagnall was saying in the post-game presser the other day. Like 90% of the foul called or like 85% of the fouls called in this league are in the lane. And we, you know, statistically, are in the lane more than any other yeah. team there. So, yeah. So, Shay Shay deserves to have these fouls called. And, honestly, he might deserve to have more. But, you know, that, that's besides the point. Uh, Alex, what's another single large item for you, man? Um, huh. I mean, just the great – just the, the defense that Lou Dort played on both DeRozan – mostly DeRozan, especially late in the game – but also Zach Levine, um, mm-hmm. you know, just that that point of attack defender that that every team needs and that we have, um, you know, he, he kind of gets, you know, Lou kind of gets chided a little bit, you know, he kind of gets thrown to the side a little bit as far as, you know, great defensive player arguments around the league, you know, here lately, um, but he's still a damn good defender and he's still, you know, you still put him on, on the best you know, on the best offensive player, wing player out there on the team, he'll still do great on there. And again, you know, DeRozan kind of falls into Dort's trap of being this mid-range kind of back you down type player. And, you know, Dort is just too strong for those types of players. And so he gives them fits. And so, you know, his, even though DeRozan was scoring a little bit there at the end, whenever we did need those stops, he did get it. He, he did get them. Yep, absolutely. Lute's been a monster. Lou, Lou has been a monster on defense, and his shooting has really rebounded uh, ever since that Toronto game. I, I think I looked up today. I think he's shooting like forty three point eight percent from the three point line since the Toronto game well, a couple weeks ago. So, yeah. shooting's trending up. Let's let's keep that going, Dort. 
Um, I just think he's, he's finally he's finally shooting in what he's meant to be shooting in this offense. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not meant to be a chucker. He's not meant to be a you know inefficient player that's gonna shoot you know eight nine threes and make three of them. You know that's that's not gonna be his game, especially with Shea kind of cooking as he as he has been this year. Yeah, for sure. Um, my final thing was Adam for this game was just Darius Baisley, man. His best game of the entire season, uh, 17 points, 7 of 9 from the field, 2 of 4 from deep. Split his free throw attempts, but he also had two blocks playing good defense. And, you know, there's been a lot of people clamoring for more playing time for Bays. And honestly, like, I still, like, there's a part of me that just cringes when he gets the ball because you just know that he's not going to pass it. And he's just going, like, diving straight to the rim. Um, it's almost like you need a drinking game when you see him play. Yeah. Like, you know, when he has the ball up at the top of the key, what is he going to do? Straight line drive, spin, you know, get into traffic, lose the ball. Just, I mean. I, I was about to say, because if if it was anything but passing and you're drinking on that, <laughs> you're going to have alcohol poisoning. So yeah, exactly. that, that, that's a dangerous game to play. But, you know, Baisley, Baisley was great in this game. Uh, he provided a huge spark off the bench from both offensively and defensively. And would love to see more out of that or out of him um, or more of that out of him. Gosh, I don't, I can't talk for whatever reason, but we'd love to see more of that out of him uh, as the season goes on, as long as he's on the team. So um, and, here's the pro- and here's the problem with that is that like, I don't think you're going to see that consistently because the lineups are made to where they're not consistent at all. Yeah. And unfortunately, especially, you know, at Baisley, then this is where I think, you know, you can kind of see the path where the Thunder are taking with Baisley is that, you know, they don't necessarily see him too much as part of the future anymore. And so they're not giving him a ton of developmental minutes. They're just putting out, you know, they they have an NBA player on their roster that plays a certain role and they put him out there at certain times. That's what he is now. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right, man. Well, moving on to the Houston Rockets game in which we lost 118-105. This important to note, this was the second half of back-to-back, uh, I believe for both teams. Um, <clears throat> and por- also important to note is I was watching Black Panther during this game. So <laughs> that sucks so bad because <laughs> I, I had friends giving that night. So I missed this game too. <laughs> I mean, it was a horrible game from what I hear. Yeah. It was the game to miss. Like, you know, I, I just mean like we don't have, we don't have much to talk about. I'm, okay. Let's do box no. score heroes real quick. What's, what's a single large item you can take away from the box score? I mean, just, I mean, the whole offensive rebound, just, you know, debacle in the first quarter that, you know, like here, here's my thing. And here's, here's a little bit, here's a little bit of the trend. So here, here we go. I'll just kind of go ahead and take this game and kind of, kind of talk about the trends that worry me mm-hmm. uh, that I'm seeing lately. And one of the biggest trends that I've seen, you know, during these last, I would say about 10 games has been the dip in defense, you know, has been the defense not necessarily being as crisp as it was in the beginning of the year. Yeah. And it worries me a little bit because so the players that we have on this team are now starting to resemble NBA players. And I, what I mean by that is Martin, you know, Coach Dagnalt has been a good developmental coach. He was a, you know, he was a G League coach. He was an assistant coach, now head coach of a rebuilding team. Um, and so, uh, you know, most of his time on this, with this team, the last two seasons, he's had 
Shea, he's had Dort, but then he's also had a whole bunch of other players who are just struggling to get their foot in the door of the league. And so one of the ways that you get your foot in the league is you tell a young player, hey, go out there and give it your all on defense and you'll start to get noticed. And so you kind of see you kind of seen that the last couple of years where, you know, yes, you know, the 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 team is bad, but the defense is okay. And so it keeps them in enough games to be okay. Now I'm a little bit worried that the message is getting lost with these players because these are NBA players. These are talented players. And so defense, a lot of times, kind of takes a backseat with with talented players. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, just 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 maybe getting a little bit worried that the the coaching of Dagnalt may start may be falling on not necessarily deaf ears, but hard of hearing ears at the moment. And so just a little trend that I'm seeing. I don't know if I'm just reading too much into it, um, but I mean, just a little trend that I'm seeing. Yeah, I mean, no, I mean, it's, I mean, it's clear with the numbers. I mean, if you compare the first 10 games to the second 10 games, like it's almost a flip. Like, you know, our defense was like far and away. Like, I think they were like top 10 in the league and our offense was like bottom five. And now it's like flipped. I think our, like, we have like a top 10 offense and a bottom five defense. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting. Like, you know, it would be awesome if we just kind of meet in the middle, be like 15, 15 on both sides of the ball. That'd be fine for a rebuilding team, but um, I do see encouragement uh, out of it in terms of like the offensive end, you know, just like, you know, we've seen kind of like Dagnall's system and he talked about this when he was hired, like, you know, in this league, like pace and space um, is like key. And, you know, that's something that the Thunder are doing. They're playing fast. Uh, I, I'm going to look at their pace numbers while I'm talking, but, um, you know, they're playing fast. They're trying to space the floor out with, with as much spacing as they can. They don't have a lot of spacing, but, you know, they do have guys like Isaiah Joe, Wendy Waters, um, Mike Muscala, who's hurt right now. Um, you know, they've got a few guys they can throw out there in terms of, like, spacing the floor. But, you know, the, the real key uh, for this team is just kind of getting out running in transition and, you know, just pushing the pace, like, you know, not, not even just transition, like on inbounds, like they're trying to push the pace a lot. So um, I, I do think that that is, uh, that's important. I'm trying to find this NBA stats home here. I will find, let's see here, pace, pace, pace. Ah. All right. Well, this is great podcasting. Um, passe, passe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, shoot. I'm. I really want to find this. Hold on. <laughs> so you're trying to see what what we are in pace. Yeah, as an advanced, right? Ah, got it. All right, cool. So right now in pace, yeah, we're number four in pace. So passes that, the eye test. Yeah, I was about to say it passes the eye test. You know, of the Thunder trying to get out in pace. So, uh, yeah, that that sounds good, man. Um, all right, my same large item, if I'm just kind of looking at this in like a box score hero type of thing, um, I'm just kind of confused. You know, I I think I tuned in towards the end of the game, actually, and I because I, I think it was the fourth quarter. I kind of like tuned in. I was watching on my phone um, because everybody had left already. But at the six-minute mark, um, you know, obviously Shea plays the entire third quarter, as he usually does. 
And, you know, as I talked about in the last pod, there's like a six to nine minute window that can make, yeah, can make or break the team in terms of like coming back, holding the lead or, you know, staying in the game that shades off the floor. And at about the six minute mark, uh, Alper Shingoon fouls Santa at, you know, 607 mark uh, to go to the line for free throws. And at that point, we're down 18. Santa hits both of them. We're down 16. Um, Shea never comes back into that game. Um, who knows what could happen if he goes into the game? But I don't know, man. I would have liked to see. Like, I would have liked to have him have that opportunity and that chance to, you know, not only add to his scoring, but like, you know, actually try to put himself in position to win that game. Um, because, you know, we've seen him do it so many times. Now, obviously, we had some factors running against us. Uh, for instance, uh, I think Poku played nine minutes in this game. Uh, I think Lou Dort played like 14 minutes 14, in this game. Yeah. yeah, and we have insider information that they were absolutely gassed, and that is why they were pulled. Um, so, I mean, maybe that's part of it because he didn't have all the dogs that they could throw out there with Shea, and they also wanted to give Shea a break. I mean, wasn't that like the third game in four nights or something like that? It was here. So Black Friday. Did they play right before Thanksgiving? Yeah. So I guess it was. It was third game in four nights. So, yeah, they they were probably gassed. And also, if they did a little bit of traveling on Thanksgiving, I don't know if they did. But, you know, that, that could also factor in as well. So, but, yeah, man, I mean, you know, just – you know, just from a fan's perspective, I would have loved to see Shea out there and at least just see what he can do. Just just a bunch of trip to fan, you know, just the, the turkey, you know, the turkey postscript kind of just got them. Yep, absolutely, man. All right, let's go into our last game, which happened last night against New Orleans Pelicans. And the Thunder lost 105 to 101. Um, Alex, I, once again, I'll let you kick it off, man. What's your single large item for this game? I mean, just the grit, just the you know, just the 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 grit of of SGA. Like this was this was literally the game where you kind of had to slog it out. You kind of had to, you know, if you're gonna win, you're gonna win ugly. If you're gonna play, you're gonna play ugly in this one. Um, and they did. And this was, you know, this was one of those games where Shea had to go out there and and get into the lane. And and by the end of the game, he was he was spent. He was done. You know, his back was probably tightening them after that after that fall he had on the defensive end. His booty was uh, hurting. Yeah, man, that was that was a nasty fall. Um, he was but, the definition of butt hurt. Yeah. So, I mean, just just the grit of him. You know, it, it, every every game, I feel more and more confident that this is a a one A player on a team. You know, every mm-hmm. every game that goes by, and like you know, situations like this. Yes, they lost. Um, the situations like this just give me more confidence that. You know, this is a this is a, a superstar player in this league. You know, he was able to, you know, have a game where number one, the defense is completely keyed in on him, and he was still able to go out there. And he was playing against great defenders. You know, Herb Jones, Trey Murphy the third. They're they're very good, long, you know, long arm defenders. Grand Theft um, Alvarado. Yeah, Grand Theft Alvarado out there, and and still he, you know, he still put up you know big numbers. So, mm-hmm. I mean, just it, it's like I said, just every game that goes by. I feel more confident that this is this is a uh, superstar player that we have on our team. Can't forget Dyson Daniels either. Um, yeah. yeah, no, I uh, I really liked the grit I saw out of Shea because he was clearly 
in like a lot of pain. Like anytime there was a stoppage of play, a dead ball, um, he was grimacing, like he was squinting, like he was bent down, like he was in a certain amount of pain because he hit the floor hard. Um, right. He's he's questionable right now. I think with a hip injury is what it said um, on the injury report to play um, against the Spurs. I I put out on Twitter last night. Like I just I don't see him playing in that Spurs game. But then again, Shay loves hooping, so if he thinks he can go, then he might go. But um, yeah, he clearly was hurt in pain, and he pressed through it, man. Like you know, he he made plays on offense. Uh, he had, I, I think, a couple buckets there in the fourth quarter. In spite of it all, he went to the line a few times, knocked down some shots. Uh, he had one call go against him, really, um, on that charge against Herb Jones. But at the same time, playing devil's advocate uh, in the lead two-minute report, there was also two calls that went in favor of the Thunder. So you can't really point to that for a reason that we lost the game. But Dylan, stop with the fact. <laughs> stop with the fact. This is a Thunder podcast. We only focus on when they did the Thunder wrong. Yeah, well, hey, it, all I'm saying is if they if they called Herb for that blocking foul and they, I think uh, Shea would have went to the line with like 1.5 seconds left, um, two free throws, knock him down, tie game, overtime. I don't know what would have happened because, like I said, Shea was in a lot of pain. So it might have been a blessing in disguise just to walk out of there. Um, but, yeah, man, I, uh, I mean, it was – I can't even really say it was a fun game to watch because it, it, it really was wasn't. Not. It was fun for it Pelicans fan. Like the Pelicans, like you know, they had a good game. Like Zion did a lot of great things. Obviously, Herb was crazy. Uh, Dyson Daniels came in off the bench and gave them some great minutes. Trey Murphy coming in like a flamethrower and not not only just shooting the ball good, but I mean he was dunking on dunking. Yeah. Like like where was this in our in in the draft analysis? But. um yeah, I mean, it was fun for the Pelicans, but I mean, for the Thunder, like, you know, there was two guys that shot 50% in this game or over, and they were both rookies. Santa and Ooze were the only ones. Um, I mean, and, you know, I mean, if I'm going to do my single-orge item, you know, we already kind of waxed poetic about Shea. Ooze, man. Ooze has been – he's been in the G League. He was sick. Uh, I don't think he played in the Bulls game. I know he did play a little bit in the Rockets game, but in this game against the Pelicans, a team that was rumored to like him at number eight, and they took Dyson Daniels instead. Uh, in 11 minutes of action, put up six points, three rebounds, two blocks, and a steal. Uh, shot 50% from the field, two or three from the three-point line, and you know, just was out there doing things, man. Like proving he belonged on the court. I thought he had some good defensive possessions. Um, when they weren't playing him as the big, I like, I love ooze. And I know he gives you some positional versatility, but I don't like the lineups where you play him as a small ball five. He just doesn't have the body for it yet. You can tell he's not comfortable doing it. He doesn't really know how to guard bigs. Uh, yeah. Definitely, definitely isn't doing a lot on box outs. So I would like to eliminate that. Um, but when you play him as a wing defender and like, you know, have him guarding wings and or guards, I, I think he does a great job of, you know, staying in front of his men and, you know, locking in on defense. So shout out Ooze, man. Jane gang thriving. I'm, re- I'm ready to see Ooze get, you know, 20 minutes, get, get a, like a 10 game run where he gets like 20 minutes a night just to see what we have there. All right. Spurs game, baby. It's happening. Yeah. It's the start. Um, 
Alex, uh, I'll ask you to give you. Uh, I'll ask for you to give me one more single large item for this, and I'll do the same. For this game, um, man. Okay, so I guess my single large item is it's become like I, I feel I I feel most comfortable when Poku is taking a three. Like mm. I'm starting to feel very comfortable when he takes threes. Like the stroke looks very good when he makes it. It's a swish. It's not like mm-hmm. it's, it's you know. There's no question about it. And it just seems like his his shooting form is a lot more consistent this year, and uh, and he's just he's knocking them down, man. I believe he's still he's still around forty something percent from three. Um, so I'm I'm actually shocked about saying that. You know, I'm actually shocked about saying that. But last night when he would take a three, I'd be like, okay, that looks good. Oh, okay, it is good. Forty-two point six percent from three. There yep. you go. Like we would never thought that he'd be shooting that from three. Yeah. Um. So. So yeah, man. Just I mean, just a surprising little, little thing that I, you know, when I as I watched the game yesterday, I was like, man, I feel good whenever he takes a three, and I never thought I'd be, I'd say that. It looks better because his feet aren't yeah. flying forward like a dolphin kicking out of the water um, on his follow through like it had before. Um, I think I mean, that- he still has still has a little bit of that. But, yeah, but it's not exaggerated. Not <laughs> like it was like a whiplash action yeah. um, in those first couple of years. But yeah, man, Pogu's been good. Obviously, you know he struggled, um, not really like shooting the three pointer. Like he shot three or five from deep uh, last night. But he's four of ten from the field in general. He had eleven points, four rebounds, two assists, and a steal. Um, you know, kind of just going with the theme of everybody else on the team. Kind of struggled, you know, just getting shots to fall. Um, a lot of that can do with the uh, the presence inside of Jonas Valanciunas, Zion Williamson, uh, Jackson Hayes coming in off the bench, uh, Willard and Gomez who gave them some good minutes. Like uh, they had a lot of big guys out there that you know kind of made it hard for all of our guys to get going at the rim. And you know, as we talked about, like we're a team that lives in the lane. So if we can't get into the lane, it's going to be hard for our offense to get going. Going to be hard for our guys to catch a little bit of rhythm. So. Yeah, I, I think that definitely attributes to Poku's struggles. Um, my final single large item for this is there were two DNPs um, for this game for the Thunder that I think could have made the difference. Yeah. The guy that saved basketball yeah. and the other guy that has been labeled him on this basketball team. Isaiah Joe and Aaron Wiggins, man. Like – it's so it's so weird. It's so weird. The Wiggins thing is so weird because I feel like they're putting him on the Muscala uh, Kenrich plan, and I, mm-hmm. I just think he's way too young for that. Like I know I know he's an older young guy, but I just feel like he's way too young for that, and I feel like he's getting lost in the shuffle. And this is gonna be one of those guys that's gonna say, you know what? Just go ahead and cut me, and I can go on another team and and you know get a a better opportunity to show what I can do. Yeah, and we actually talked about that the last time Dolan was on about um, Dolan was saying just that. Like, it feels like he's kind of on that trajectory, um, you know, with Kendrick Williams and Mike Muscala of, you know, we kind of know what you have and some nights you're going to play, some nights you're not. And, you know, that's kind of where we're at. But, I mean, the guy's shooting 
almost what 50. So he's at 47.4 from the field, 41.9% from three and 83% at the line averaging about four rebounds, two assists, seven points a game. And we know that when he starts, we are undefeated as a team. So like if you want to win games, which, you know, I, I think at this juncture of the season, we are still actively trying to win games, play Aaron Wiggins. And, yeah. you know, we talked about spacing, you know, pace and space, like the best shooter on your team right now, Isaiah Joe, why is he not playing? <laughs> like, you like, know, a, like a guy like a, a guy like Isaiah Joe would probably do wonders for Giddy, you know, yeah. giving him more space, giving him that that corner three point shooter that actually, you know, has gravity on the floor because those games that he plays and he just goes nuclear and he has, you know, six, seven threes like that affects the defense. Like the defense has to pay attention to that. And so that opens up, you know, driving lanes for Shea. That opens up driving lanes for, for Gideon. And it's just like this. And this is what, I, what I'm not liking about Dagnalt's, um rotations. And I said this in a previous po- podcast. And it's like, you know, the, the need to have to know what you have in relation to actually trying to win games that's where that divide is happening. And that divide is affecting some players' abilities to show out and show what they have consistently. Um, and it just kind of sucks, man. It, it, you know, it, it, Isaiah Joe should be getting probably 15 to 18 minutes a night. Aaron Wiggins should probably be getting about 20 to 21 minutes a night. And they're not. You know, Trey Mann, we keep on trying him. But Trey Mann may be, you know – and, and it sucks because he, it may just be like an injury type thing. Like he's coming back from a back injury, mm-hmm. but you know, he's shot, I believe one of 17 from three, the last two games. Like that's not okay. I think it's time for Trey to take a visit to the blue for a while. I, get his I, I, I honestly back. think so. I honestly think so. Yeah. You know, go out there and have a, have a 45 point game in the, in the G league and, and, and get your, you know, get your, Get your stuff back, you know. Get your swagger back, baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I need him, man. I mean, yeah, obviously, like we were feeling really good about him last year and through the off season, and you know, even in stretches in the summer league, which summer leagues is crypt- kryptonite. Um, you know, preseason he looked great. Um, obviously, you know, coming off the injury, apparently it hurt a lot, but you know, also he's, he kind of swelled up. He bulked up a little bit and we saw Russell Westbrook, what that does to your shooting a little bit. So maybe he bulked up a little bit too much. Maybe that, you know, threw off his shooting. Well, I mean, I, I mean, we saw this season whenever Shea was out and he played, you know, he played a couple games. Yeah. I, I believe he had a couple 20 point games early in the season. Um, so the, the rhythm was there. I just think, you know, I just think maybe the back injury is has thrown his rhythm off. Mm-hmm. You know, if you know, it's either thrown his rhythm off or he's still, you know, he's still suffering a little bit from that back injury. I'm trying to see. Yeah, he had 25 against the Clippers, and, and he, had, he had 21 against the Bucks. Yeah, got a couple games. Yeah, and he got hurt against the Knicks, I believe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, 
Yeah, hopefully, hopefully Trey gets right, man. Um, that would also help. Like, you know, we talk about spacing and shooting. We don't even mention Trey at this point, but he was uh, one of our best shooters last year. So, uh, would would love would love to have him in the arsenal. Um, so, Alex, that's that's our games. We have, um, you know, in the two games left that me and Jerry was talking about, uh, we've got the Spurs tomorrow, as we mentioned, and the Timberwolves on Saturday uh, at Minnesota which, like I said, kicks off a five-game road trip. And what's important about that game is Carl Anthony Towns will not be playing. He's out six to eight weeks with a – was it a calf strain? Calf strain, yeah. Calf strain, yeah. So, uh, prayers up for Carl Anthony Towns. But, you know, that is uh, obviously a team with no true bigs. But spoiler they struggled with the tandem of Rudy Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns. So, uh, you know, that game becomes a little bit more winnable than it was in the past. Mm-hmm. And so maybe my prediction holds true. Maybe we can beat the Spurs and the Timberwolves and then we'll be three and two. So that's, that's what I'm banking on. Uh, so Alex, as we end this podcast, I know you got to get out here in about five minutes. So I just want to uh, update you on our uh, top of thunder fan event night, as well as updating the, uh, the fans. What's up? So, I mean, before we, we get into that, yeah. Um, you know, I do want to bring up, you know, Sublime. It was, it was Sublime 50. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, sub, uh, I don't know. I think it's Sublime 50 LS1 or maybe Sublime LS1. I'll find it while you're talking. <laughs> very long. It's very long for a handle, but. Yeah, I um, cut that Sublime. <laughs> it's Sublime 50 LS1, yeah. Yeah, so he put, a, he put up a tweet today, you know, and it's just one of those, you know, one of those tweets that, that just kind of make you think and just kind of make you talk a little bit. Um, but he said basically, you know, it's. Well, I think he said it's. It's May seventeenth, the day after the draft lottery. The Thunder have the number one pick. Uh, the the Pelicans have the number six pick via the Lakers pick, and you know their GM calls Sam Presti and says, "Hey, you know, we'll go ahead and trade you Zion Williamson for, you know, the rights to the number one pick, which you know, which of course is going to be Victor Wembanyama." Um, so I mean, just kind of talking it out a little bit. Would you do that? Um, yeah, I mean, or, or would you add pieces to it? Like, I know I would add pieces to it, but I mean, yeah, I'd love to be greedy and be like, you know, give me Trey exactly. Murphy, give me Dyson Daniels, like, you know, that that would be awesome. Um, but I mean, in the grand scheme of things, man, like, I guess it's a matter of preference. Like, it, it depends on if you think like Wimby is generational, if you think that he's gonna have more healthy career than Zion because, you know, if I'm pressing and I'm bartering, I'm going to be I'm going to throw Zion's injury history at you and be like, you know, you haven't seen guys his size, you know, be able to hold up in this league, you know, without having injury concerns. And we've seen like massive injury concerns with this guy. So like, we're taking a big risk. We need more in this deal. But at the end of the day, man, like, you know, like I, I said in the text thread, like if you're getting Zion, the sixth pick in a loaded draft class alongside Chet Holmgren coming back after a year of, you know, rehabbing, seeing how the game is played, um, learning how to be professional. And, you know, if you're getting all of that, that you have to think about it. That's hard. That's hard to pass up. Exactly. Yeah. Like I, I think, it's like I said, you know, we talk about making a push for the play in. I think you're making a push for the playoffs and it's a hard push. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, not only are you pushing, you're pushing hard. So, yeah, I, I mean that that would be that'd be awesome. But 
don't but, don't think it's a conversation that's actually going to happen. Yeah, I just thought it was a good good thought exercise. Yeah, fun thought exercise. All right, well now now I've got a race to get this out before the hard forty. <laughs> um, so Jerry reached out to his ticket rep again. Uh, he was taking break over Thanksgiving. Um, that's why we've haven't had more information to give, but he reached out to me today and told him that he talked to him. So basically um, they are working to get that ticket package together. Um, Jerry basically told me, say we had, you know, just hypothetically 300 people that wanted to do the whole sit lower bowl, um, go down to the court and do the after game picture. Um, Everybody will be able to purchase a ticket with our link at that price, you know, as part of the fan event. Um, like there's no limit, like, you know, we might not all be together, but we will get you lower bowl and that ticket. Now say $80 is a little steep for you. Um, there's actually going to be a loud city option to where oh, you will be nice. able to sit up arena in loud city for a cheaper price, but you'll also be able to come down on the court after the game and take the big group picture with everybody, you know, snap a few selfies on your phone of you being on the court and everything. And, uh, yeah. So that that's another option, you know, include a few more people, hopefully. That's great. That's great for the working man that that listens to our podcast while they're working hard. Let me tell you, it would be great for me if I wasn't saving up for this for the past couple months. So, um, yeah, I I mean, yeah, I'm I'm very excited. You know, as I said, like I was I was blown away by the support of the people um, and the, the amount of interest that we got for this. And, you know, I'm. I'm going to tweet about this tomorrow just to like get an even more gauge of interest for this, you know, wider range of uh, possibilities. And I mean, let's, let's blow it out, man. Like let's, let's get like 300 listeners there. That'd be awesome. Um, we, you know, we're still, you know, as we're working through, you know, getting this link and, you know, figuring out on the thunder side, um, we're also figuring out logistics on what else we're going to do. I think we're going to have, um, we're going to meet up before the game. Uh, Jerry's working on a venue to where, you know, we can all sit down and eat pregame meal, you know, just kind of shake hands, kiss babies, you know, mingle with everybody before the game starts. And then also uh, working with Brandon Raybar on this, uh, talking about doing a media three on three basketball tournament. We've been talking about doing that for a long time, but with so many people that are actually going to be traveling into OKC and all the people in OKC, uh, we're talking about possibly opening this up to the public. So if you're a part of that fan event and you're in town for that, then you'll get to, you know, watch some old dudes that you listen to on podcasts, uh, play basketball. If you wish to get to get to hear some ACLs pop baby. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be a good time. It's gonna be a great weekend. I'm so freaking excited. Like I I'm counting down the days. Uh, I mean, it, it's just gonna be awesome, man. So uh, we hope to see you there. Uh, can't wait to see my brothers. Um, you know, obviously, I, as I said in the last pod, I've met Alex and Jerry before, but uh, it'll be my first time eating Tyranny Cone and Maddie Moles, who I've known I've known Moles longer than any of you guys. Um, so, so it'll be <laughs> it'll be fun to actually meet some of you guys in person. So. Uh, very excited for that and very excited to meet some of you guys. So uh, before I say very excited again, I'm going to go and put it into this pod. Uh, on behalf of myself and Alejandro here, I hope you guys have a great night. God bless. Hoop when you can. And as always, thunder up. Thunder up, baby. Yay, yay, yay. Woo, woo.
Thank you for listening to the Topic Thunder podcast. Our podcast is available to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play, or anywhere else you listen to your podcast. Be sure to leave us a five-star rating and a positive review, and follow us on Twitter at OKC Topic Thunder. Thunder up! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.